Hello and welcome to another episode of the Abbey Normal Podcast. I am your host, Colin Bourne. And I'm Aaliyah. How's it going this evening, everyone? I hope you're having a good one. But yeah, it's been a while since we've done an episode and, you know, we just took the past week off to spend time with some family. Now we did some wedding planning. Yeah, it was fun and we got, you know, to see everyone and it was great. Yeah. So it took a little time off from things and also, you know, it it gave us a little bit to kind of like watch a little more movies and stuff. So thought this would be a good idea to take it towards this episode. Yeah, and while we were on vacation, I actually forgot that we were supposed to do the Aries episode too because Ooh. Aries season started March either 20th or 21st. 21st. Yeah, so I haven't really done that yet and I'm sorry, I'm going to in the next episode, but this episode while we were on vacation, we finally got around to watching the original Wolfman. The Which ni- is my favorite. The 1941 know. edition. So I, I love that one a lot. Yeah. It was always my favorite growing up watching. I used to rent it all the time. I used to rent the shit out of it. <laughs> Just mm. like the other movies. The other uh, horror universal monster movies. Yeah. And it was my first time watching it, so I was very excited to watch it. And I actually liked it pretty much. And I liked it because it had a lot of character and it had a lot of uh, uh, goodness about it, too. <clears throat> It was it was fun to watch, and Lon Chaney Jr. is one of my favorite actors, and he just has such a spark about himself. Yeah. We haven't really done a remake debate in a while, either. No, that's why we're going to do that today, with the original Wolfman and the remake from 2010. 2012. Are you sure it was 2012? Yes, 2012. it was 2010. Oh, my God. I know, because I went to see it in theaters the mm. day it released. Well, I remember and it I had- came out in 2010. I had the ticket stub in my possession for, like, many, many years. That's cute, because you know why? <clears throat> it was released in 2012? February 12, 2010. You know what? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I confirmed it, folks. It came out February 12, 2010, two days before your birthday. And how old were you, were you going to be then? 2010? Yeah. Because you're... Cause you're 17? Because 2013, I would have been 20 years old. Yeah, 2013, yeah. But three years before that, you were 17, and that's when the Wolfman came out. You were 17? That's so weird. <laughs> when I was 17, Colin was 21. Shut up! <laughs> God. I like to play this game with Colin where we're like, let's do the age game. How it. old was I when Colin was 25? I hate the age game. I know, like one time Colin was like, oh, when I was 13, I used to do this, this, and that. And I was like, when you were 13, I was nine. I, <laughs> I was like, jail bait. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm going to jail now, so. So, do you want to get started then with the Wolfman original? Yeah, sure. Do you want to lead us off with this one? I will lead off with this one if you do the other one. Make sure you really lean into this microphone so I can pick up your voice. How about you lean into my butt cheeks? Anyway, I... Oh, all right. (laughs) I will start off this thing. So The Wolfman was released on December 9th, 1941. Runtime... Sorry, I uh, burped there. Running time is an hour and 11 minutes, directed by George Wagner... IMDb rating 7.3 out of 10. It stars the late great, well, a bunch of late greats here, a bunch of late greats. Lon Chaney Jr., Bill Lugosi made a special appearance in this. 
Uh, Marissa. No, Maria. Uh, Maria. I'm sorry. I'm probably going to butcher this like Aaliyah. Just sound it out. Uspenskaya. Uspenskaya. Yes. Uspen- yes. Close enough. I kind of know German, we, not really. We apologize. I'm sorry. That's not German. Evelyn Ankers and Claude Rains, who is the Invisible Man uh, about a decade prior. He plays Sir John Talbot in this movie. And now, there is there is a phrase that they say throughout this movie that I just had to make a note of, so I'll let Colin say it. Even a man who is pure in heart and says his prayers by night may become the wolf when the wolfbane blooms and the autumn moon is bright. They say it so much in this, it's ridiculous. I know, you that, can should play, be, that should be the tagline for the movie. You, sh- it, you can play a drinking game with this. Like, literally, you probably get drunk after the first Take few Take a whole shots. drink whenever you hear that phrase. Exactly. Whatever it is you're drinking a whole glass of, you're going to be tipsy by the time it gets to the third actor. Exactly. So there's kind of like a little uh, thing that goes on here. So Sir John Talbert, Talbot, Talbot, who's played by Claude Rains, is of Leamwelly, Wales, which is in England. Leland, Leland, Wellies, Wales. Sorry for butchering the hell out of this. Yeah, we're not very. We're not very good at this. We're We're not not bright. We're not bright. (laughs) I mean, we 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 have a show, so that means something. Um, his son Larry Talbot, played by Claude, uh, played by (laughs) Lon Chaney Jr. Claude Rains Jr. (laughs) Lon Chaney Jr. is um, and his brother John Talbot Jr. uh, who is dead. Because they never really explained so, in this movie why he died. Yeah, because, I mean, was it implied that he was attacked? No, it, it wasn't even implied by, by that. Animal. No, it wasn't implied by that either. Okay, because... Could have been anything. Because it seems to me... I mean, because that was the reason why Larry Talbot came back to the Talbot mansion in the first place, was to bury his brother, mm-hmm. who is now dead. Yep. And with him now being the sole heir of the estate... And his father getting older, mm-hmm. things had to be put into place for Larry for when he was ready to inherit the family estate. My mom kind of noticed that when she saw when she saw Claude Rains, she was like, "He's too young to be old." In this movie, I know. Yeah, and he he really was. He wasn't that old then. He was just he was fifty when he made the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in his 50s. So he wasn't old, old, like when you see Anthony Hopkins. I know, right? Yeah. When we get to that, I'm going to be raving about Anthony Hopkins. So Larry gets bored, goes to town, <clears throat> and meets a girl at this shop uh, that her family owns. Um, and her name is Gwen. Um, Conleaf? Yeah. Conleaf? Conleaf? I think it's. We'll go with Conleaf. And, uh, Larry is a smooth fucking he, man. This, dude, the thing about Lon Chaney Jr., he's a very smooth-talking person, That's, even in I other think, movies. I put that in my notes later on, but one of the things I liked about this movie was Lon Chaney. He was a stud. He was a pimp. He was a stud in his day. Oh, he was, definitely. He was a he was a good-looking dude. He was actually better-looking than his father. You ever seen what his father looks like? His father's kind of ugly, no offense to him. I know, but like... Yeah, but and uh, I feel like in that time I would have been easily swooned by Lon Chaney Jr. I feel like any, oh, I think I think any woman would be swooned by Lon Chaney. But, oh yeah, for sure. So he um he saw the earrings in the window because he was spying on her with his uh um his telescope telescope. So that's how he was saying to her it's move talking by saying he's a uh, telepathic. Oh, oh yeah, he he lays out this line for her where he's like. 
Um, oh, I'm looking for a specific type of earring, and it's like crescent shaped, crescent moon shaped, and uh, I think said made of silver or gold or something. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, we have it, but it's not for sale. And he's yeah. like, oh, you sure? Because I saw you wearing them. Yeah. Those are my yeah. earrings, she was trying to say. Mm-hmm. But she was like, how do you know about that? And he was just <laughs> like, well, I'm telepathic. But he, but he told her or later. psychic or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but he told her later that he peeped through the window, <laughs> kind of like a pre-wear window type of scene. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is a movie I wanted to talk about yeah, another we'll, time. Yeah, we'll talk about that another time, but I digress. Anyway, so instead, he goes shopping around the place and finds this uh, barrel of canes. And he's, yeah. and he's going through the canes, and then he finds one mm-hmm. that's... Um, he's, he was like, wow, this one's a dog. And he was like, and she was like, oh no, that's not a dog. That's a, that's a wolf. Well, there was one that had a dog's head on it. Yeah. The other one he picked up had a wolf's head on it. Mm-hmm. And she talk, starts to talk to him about what all the symbolisms of this mean. Yeah. And she even <coughs> said the, she said the, the, uh, phrase just like earlier. And, uh, and it was a stick. Buys oh. walking stick. <laughs> it has it's silver. It's made of silver. It's made of silver. It's got a wolf head on it, and it has a pentagram with the wolf's head. Yeah. So apparently, the lore of the story is is that werewolves, you know, their weaknesses are silver, and the cane. Well, you could be the wolf can be killed by silver. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're, it's one of their weaknesses. So, mm-hmm. the whole symbolism of this cane is that it can be used to defeat a wolf, a werewolf in some way, mm-hmm. and then the pentagram by legend, it shows up on the palm of his next victim. Mm-hmm. Which, they, there's a scene like that, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> so he buys the walking stick. And he asks her what she's doing later, and she says, I'm going to the um, the carnival tonight, or the whatever the thing is they had. Yeah, there was a, a I guess you could say a festival or some kind. Yeah, that was, uh, that was hosted by <coughs> Romani Travelers. Yep. And uh, and she wanted to go to it that night, and he asked. He, he wanted to accompany her. Yeah, and she wasn't like, oh, kind of about it. I'll pick you up at eight. Was, no, you won't. No, you yeah, won't. Yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah, and it turns out he did, and she wanted it. So, so that's what they did. And then her friend Gwen, um, Jenny Williams, Jenny Williams. There's another Gwen. No, Jenny Williams came along with them, and went to the thing. See, I feel like she was a buffer. For anything that, because obviously, like a third wheel. yeah, because obviously Gwen wasn't really that interested at first, mm-hmm. and then he showed up, and the more they talked, the more she kind of got to like him. Oh, but yeah. she brought Jenny Williams as a buffer. Yeah, kind of like so, just in case if anything goes wrong. Yeah, so they go to the camp yeah. where Jenny gets her fortune told by by a man named Bella, who is played by Bella Lugosi. That's just terrible writing right there. Well, I feel like that's weak writing. I feel like that they wanted to do that. They kind of like made a character for Bella Lugosi, so they put in Bella. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, um, let me see. Bella Lugosi um, does the palm reading for Jenny. Looks at her hand. All of a sudden sees a pentagram out of nowhere. Yeah, tells her, her she needs to leave. And you, you yeah. Can- you must go. You must go now. Yeah. Come back tomorrow. Come back tomorrow. Yeah. Like you so know. So Jenny and, flees without telling anybody where she's going and runs into the woods, which is stupid. Yeah, it, it is fucking stupid. And freaking Bella, out of nowhere, turns into the wolf. And you know, it's funny. Years and years ago, I never got that whole thing. I don't know. I just like I didn't know Bella turned into the wolf until later in life. 
Yeah, they don't show it on camera, but he disappeared. Like he disappears shortly after Jenny leaves. Yeah, and the and his mother and then, is there. And then when we see Jenny again, she's being attacked by an actual wolf. Yeah, and just I wonder how many times they do this from place to place because his mom is there and he she sees him changing and he's and she's basically with this look like oh god not again. Well, Maleva is the name of the woman yeah the old uh, the romani trail a uh, traveling mother mm-hmm. yeah she's bella's mother mm-hmm. she sees him going through like this agony like he's holding his head yeah and she's like oh no it's happening again. and she's like oh my how is she not getting killed from this it's kind of amazing well here's what happens now we later on see that she gets attacked so larry here's jenny being attacked and kills a wolf with his king. I put wolf in air quotes because we come to find out later mm-hmm. that's not really a wolf. It's Bella having been transformed into a wolf. Yeah. Because we, we later on see that anytime a werewolf dies, they transform back into their human selves. So Larry gets bitten in the process. Mm-hmm. And Moleva, like we talked about. Yeah. Later on tells Larry that he will become a werewolf and that... Silver is the only thing that will stop and kill him. Yeah, so he has to be killed before he kills someone else. Yeah, so the next full moon, and in this process between this night and the next full moon, he he heals really quickly from his bite, doesn't remember anything from that night, remembers only killing a wolf, doesn't remember anything about Bella, doesn't remember about much of anything from that night. Yeah. And then... Come next full moon, he's still unaware of what's going on because now everybody's suspecting that he killed Bella, the man, and not the wolf that attacked Jenny. And so the whole, like, village is kind of looking at him differently. Yeah, because now everybody's starting to accuse him of doing something shady and he feels uncomfortable and unsettled by all of it. Yeah. I plus, would, plus I Gwen was getting a lot of beef, too, from Jenny's family about having brought her out to that camp in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, they didn't know any of this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. How would how would she know? Yeah. yeah. So, anyway. The big transformation scene. Mm-hmm. Which I love that scene. And uh, when he looks at his feet and his feet is all hairy. And then. Yeah. I mean, these are practical events. Like, I get that it's. You know, in the times we didn't have CGI effects. Yeah, and for the and computer work, and for the effects that they had at the time was actually perfect. Yeah, it wasn't too I like bad. It. Yeah, it held up pretty well. Still holds up, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. So yeah, but like the the practical effects when the the hair changes, like you only mm-hmm. see the legs, you don't see the whole body. You, just you see brought the legs. up a really good plot hole during what? that change. So. When Larry changes, he was in what a tank top or didn't have a shirt yeah, on. Yeah, no, no, no. He was in a tank top, and when he uh, changes and you see his legs, then the change stops and he gets up from the chair and walks away. And then you see in the next scene that he's walking through the uh, the meadow, like through the grove, like in the in the woods, mm-hmm. and you see him in a button up flannel shirt. And I was asking myself, how the hell? Does he go from being a normal guy with a tank top on and then being a werewolf with a flannel shirt on? I don't know. Continuity errors like that bother like, me. Like it, but anyway. Like, did he change out of it while he was a werewolf? Like, did he know how to change into clothes? I don't know. That's but just weird. Anyway, going on. So that night, he goes out and he kills seven people. And that first night is a werewolf. So, make a long story short. Second night, after telling his father who been and what what's, what's been, been happening, happening, who been happening, really? It what's, says what? It looks like it says who's. 
Anyway, what's been happening? Larry transforms again and gets taken down by his father. His father basically beat his ass with the fucking cane. Yeah, beats him with his own fucking cane. Yeah. Goddamn. Anyway, some things I liked about this movie I wanted to point <laughs> the out. The number one one. Number one, Lon Chaney Jr. is a stud. <laughs> oh my god, I hate you. He is! Like I said, if I were going in that shop and you were just trying to convince me to go out with him and be like, okay. <laughs> He would not want to go out with you after acting like that. You know what? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Practical effects of shape-shifting are good, like I said. For what they were of that time, they held up pretty well. Mm-hmm. The pacing of the story isn't too bad. I like things to have a smooth transition from one scene to another scene yeah. without like any plot holes. or Any confusion or anything. Yeah. yeah. Anything that gets missed out of place and stuff like that. My my favorite scene of the whole movie is when Larry goes back to the Romani camp. Mm-hmm. I think after that first night of being a werewolf, he gets his foot trapped in a bear trap. Mm-hmm. And Maleva shows up and reverses the werewolf effects and takes him back. And he she tells him everything about werewolves and that he is one. And that he's going to become one unless he gets killed. So I like that scene. Plus, it's the scene that they play in the movie oh. Sandlot, remember? Huh? And the big chase scene at the end of Sandlot. Oh. Where, uh, what was it, Billy or Benny? Yeah, uh, Benny. Billy. Benny. Is it Benny? Yeah. Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Yeah. He's being chased by Hercules the dog. Uh-huh. And he goes through the movie theater and yeah, they're and watching, watching the Wolfman. Which is pretty cool. And that scene is the one that's playing. That's the one that I remember the most. So, what did you think overall about this movie? Um. The original. Well, well what do you, I just told you. It's a classic. I, I like aside classics aside. What did you think overall about the movie? I like it overall because it was simple. It was to the point. It didn't have to go into any big origins within the story. It just went from one scene to another to get to the point of who is the Wolfman and how to get him and how to stop him. And I like that. A lot of those type of movies I grew up watching were just kind of straightforward, simple monster movies. They weren't big budget and they were just had great story to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was sad that, you know, Lon Chaney's character died like that because he was the innocent one. Yeah. You know, and I just, mm-hmm. I felt bad. And it kind of got me to liking werewolf movies growing up. There was other werewolf, it inspired me to watch other werewolf movies that turned out to be my favorites. Those notes are unrelated to the episode. Which, by the way, none of none of the other, you forgot some werewolf movies on that one, so. That's not related to this episode. I know it's not, but. We're, we'll talk about this later, but this is not related to the episode. Okay. So, classics aside, when I feel like we talked about this when we did the Frankenstein episode, but just because a movie is considered a classic doesn't mean it's always good or doesn't always live up to the hype, especially as time goes on. Things get outdated. Things are not what they used to be. Like with Wolfman, I get it. It is a classic for what it was. And fans to the day will always consider it a classic and it's right. Well, because it was the first werewolf movie. But when you compare it to the remake, I feel like the remakes don't get enough credit where it's due because like i said when we talk about remakes you're retelling a story for a different type of audience that's what this like the wolfman remake for me was when i watched in 2010 i've never seen the wolfman original had no idea what i was gonna see going into it and leaving the theater i thought it was a pretty good movie i thought it was darker i thought it was more scarier i thought the transformation scene although it was cgi maybe not 
its best when you look back on it today. I thought it was good for its time. But that being said, it was released, like we mentioned, on February 12, 2010. Had a runtime of an hour and 59 minutes, which is just about 40-something minutes longer than the original. It was directed by Joe Johnston and has an IMDb rating of 5.8 out of 10, which is still not that great, in my opinion. I feel like anything like a 6.5 or more is fair, but this this is like a hurting rating for me. It stars Benicio Del Toro, Anthony Hopkins, Emily Blunt, Hugo Weaving, and Geraldine Chaplin. Yeah. Yeah, Charlie Chaplin's Char- daughter. Charlie Chaplin's daughter makes a cameo appearance in a movie that got a 5.8 out of 10. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? This is a good cast of actors already. The world's not fair, honey. I know. The world sucks, in my opinion. I mean, it, it's been sucky, and it still sucks. Mm-hmm. But what can I say? This is what I don't like about people. Anyway, I'm going to just talk about the differences and not go too much into detail with the plot line. So, Lawrence Talbot, not Larry Talbot, because honestly, Larry's kind of a stupid name, left home as a young adult and pursued a career in theater acting. His brother, Benjamin, not John Jr., Ben, was killed by some animal attack. Mm-hmm. Now, I know in the original, they didn't mention or go too far into backstories, but I kind of like this one because in this remake, their mother, named Salona, died when they were children. Mm-hmm. And based on the history of this backstory, she too was a Romani woman who their father met and fell in love and got married to. Mm. Presumably, she died via suicide, but we'll get into that later. There is a Gwen character, played by Emily Blunt. She's Ben's fiance and had met Lawrence prior to these events. Years prior, yeah. So John Talbot, Sir John Talbot, is played by... The greatest actor in the world, Anthony Hopkins. Mm -hmm. He has a TikTok account. I follow him, and he's amazing. He's just a delightful old man. I enjoy watching him just be himself. Do you hear yourself right now? 5.8 out of 10. Are you shitty? Anyway, so in this version, John Talbot is a hunter. He's a bit eccentric and is later to be be revealed that he is a werewolf. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. He's the Mm. werewolf in the original setting of this story. When he would travel for hunting, he came across a weird creature that had attacked him. And then next full moon... A lichen. Yeah. Yeah. And he not only is the werewolf in this story in their town... He's the werewolf who not only killed Ben, but killed their mother. I don't liken this a lot. <laughs> See what I did there? But he he's the one who bites Lawrence and makes him a werewolf too. Mm-hmm. So the scene in which Lawrence gets attacked and bitten is different. So he goes to the Romani camp because all the people in the town assume that the dancing bear that's part of their troop had something to do with the attack. But he didn't. He didn't. He was innocent. Well, Lawrence goes to talk to Maleva and some of the other Romani travelers and ask, you know, how did my brother know you? Do you know who might have killed him, etc.? And then during that, during that whole thing, this massive carnage settles upon the camp. There was bloodshed. Yeah, because the the werewolf shows up 
And although you don't see the werewolf, you do see some off-camera killings and some really gruesome on-camera killings. Basically, shit got real. It did. It looked really gnarly. That's what I love about this remake. Shit gets gnarly, and I fucking love it. <laughs> Keyword of the day, children. Gnarly. <laughs> so they they really took the time in showing how the events of being bitten by a werewolf affected Lawrence's body. Because we come to see that he's healing from the bite. He's got this fever, which is causing him to hallucinate. His bite mark heals quickly. He, his senses become heightened and again, more hallucinations. But the idea that Lawrence has now become a monster mm-hmm. is not as believable to some people. And it's at the behest of his father trying to cover up his own shit. He gets readmitted back into a mental institution. Now I say readmitted because we come to find out from flashback scenes that Lawrence had been admitted when he was younger, when he was a child after his mother's death, because Lawrence had actually witnessed his father in werewolf form kill their mother. God, that's crazy. Yeah. And by saying my father killed my mother, had him institutionalized. Mm Mm-hmm. And then after he grew up and left the institution, traveled to the States to become an actor. Okay. That's cool. Which we get a pretty uncomfortable montage of scenes of Lawrence going, undergoing some, was it, hydroshock therapy and electric shock therapy. Mm -hmm. It's very unsettling, but it's a really, really good. And then the biggest scene, in my opinion, is the big transformation scene that we see in Lawrence's half. Like that little examination class thing that they had? Well, his doctor decides, I'm going to use him for a presentation with some colleagues to Mm. show how my methods of of mental healing have helped this patient. Which he shouldn't have done that. Which he shouldn't have done because it happens on the night of a full moon. Where Lawrence really comes out of his skin. And I mean that because the way they do this transformation scene, it's almost like watching the transformation scenes in the company of wolves. Yeah. You know, their skin just starts to fall off and then this wolf comes out. Mm-hmm. That's kind of almost how watching this happen. But it's a good scene. And you see all these people like trapped in this room all trying to like climb on top of each other to get out and... Then he finally breaks from his restraints and starts to, like, rip people apart. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. So he escapes the mental institution, goes back to the manor, fights off his father. And like I said, you know, he, like, we know that. They go into a werewolf, (laughs) werewolf match. Yeah. Epic werewolf fight. Yeah. They fight. Lawrence wins. His father gets killed. But that doesn't stop him from being a werewolf. And that doesn't stop him from chasing Gwen into the forest which i like that a lot yeah that was a that was a really good chase scene yeah it's suspenseful because it's dark the only light you have is by the moonlight and you have like this you have this monster that can pretty much hear you from miles away Mm -hmm. he's got pretty good smelling senses and stuff yeah so yeah so essentially at the end gwen is the one that kills lawrence and that is the end of the movie hmm so even though Gwen and Larry or Lawrence don't get their happy ending in this one, yeah. they didn't really get their happy ending in the, in the original. original either, yeah. But I still thought this was a really good movie. In mm-hmm. my opinion, I would have given this maybe like a 9.5 out of 10. Yeah. I know I put this down in my horror movie journal, but I can't remember what the rating was. I know I gave it a pretty good one, though. This movie deserves an Oscar. <laughs> I wouldn't say an Oscar, but That's... I definitely think it deserved better than a 5.8 out of 10. Eh, maybe. 
I'm almost terrified to look at the Rotten Tomatoes rating. You know what? I give it a... Actually, I kind of want to watch and look at it. Um, oh, God, don't. I, I give this movie... I give it an honest 7 out of 10. Well, what did you think of it, honestly? While you look up that rating... I actually I actually like this one. Compared to other horrible remakes, this one actually has a little bit of justice to it. And plus, I like it because... The theme of it, it's from a different time compared to the original because the original is more a modern take and this one is more in the 1800s, which is pretty cool because in this movie it gives it a more gothic feel. Yeah, it definitely, like I said, it has a more darker gothic... 34% on Rotten oh, Tomatoes. Oh, I hate Rotten... I've always hated Rotten Tomatoes, but that just pisses me off. Well, let's see this. A, um, 5.810, like we said before, with from IMDb. IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes, 34%. Metacritic, 43%. 86% like this movie on Google users. Oh, I mean, at least Google users don't have a problem with this. But I don't really follow Rotten Tomatoes' ratings because they're a bunch of amateur critics. And actually, you know who does the music for this movie? <clears throat> what? Composed by, get this, Danny Elfman. Oh, there you go. Oh, there. anything with Danny Elfman's name on it is a fucking genius work. Stamp. Yes. Stamp approval. But yeah. So, what? you liked it? Yeah, I did. I loved it. I loved it. I think it was a good remake to it. I've seen other remakes, and they're fucking horrible, but I think this one gave the Wolfman justice. Yeah. And I like... See, here's the thing. And I'm going to get into this a little bit before we discuss our plans for not the next episode, but maybe the following episode. Mm-hmm. But the thing with me about werewolves is that I love the mystery, and they have such an allure to them that, for me, makes me more but more attracted to the werewolf folklore than vampires do. Yeah. You know? They almost have a sense of, like, ruggedness to them that I like. But with that being said, you and I did a little debate about vampires not too long ago between the Lost Boys and 30 Days of Night. I think we should do another one like that, but with werewolf movies, Hmm. which is why I want to bring up that list you saw. Because that was my, uh, yeah. Well, I have my list, so. Well, let's just say, if we were to do a mm. werewolf debate episode, what would your movie selection be? Ooh, this is a good one. Um, I would say, I would definitely put down The Howling, for sure. I would put down The Howling. I would put down American Werewolf in London. You have to pick one. Oh, um... <laughs> pick one movie, and then I'll pick the other. Because uh, the list that I have so far are movies that I would watch that I would need to kind of give a bit of a review over. Okay. I would choose probably the practical one for me is American Werewolf in London. You know, somehow I had a really strong feeling you were going to choose I wanted one. to choose The Howling, but if I had to choose The Howling, I would have to rewatch it. And I actually kind of want to do that. And I honestly, like... I have a list, and there's a couple that I've already seen, but there's a few that I want to watch before I can give an overall review of. Hmm. And I think Ginger Snaps is one I'm going to watch next. And if I like it enough, Mm. I'll make that my movie. I love that you put The Company of Wolves on there. Well, that's going to be my number one for now, until I watch the others. I did put down Blood and Chocolate. Only, here's the thing. I read the book. I love the book. The book was so much better than the movie. The movie doesn't really hold up quite as well with, like, the plot and everything. And the transformation seems kind of just... Flame. It's strange. You know what I mean? Like, they run and then they jump. And as they're in midair, they glow and then they morph into a werewolf. Like, that's their transformation. And 
while it's pretty to watch, it's not exactly something I think I would enjoy to talk about in our remake. It doesn't like it wouldn't be something that I would defend to the hill for. The better, yeah, the better transformation <laughs> scene that I've seen is actually from your list is the company of wolves so yeah because like we explained that it's was like gritty and hardcore it was it really was but here's the thing too and it's not just the company of wolves but american werewolf in london does this too their transformation scenes take so long sometimes it to does get for wolves. to get from human to wolf takes like a good five to ten minute long scene and the entire time they're transforming, the victim is just standing there watching in horror. Like, you have time to run. Like an idiot. They where, just stand there. Where do you think you're not going to go? You can go and, like, run a good mile. By the time he's done transforming... You can hide. Well, not hide. Well, hide. I just keep running until I find a ho- another house. Yeah. But they could still find you there, break down the door, and probably kill the person with you. I don't want to get off topic, because we kind of are, but... <laughs> That's my number one for now until I watch some of these other movies that are on my list. And then if I find one that's better than The Company of Wolves, I will pick that one. Watch for Ginger now, Snaps. I think that one would probably be better for you. Yeah. That's more like your kind of movie. That's your energy. You would be Is one it 90s? Of, yeah. Oh, then I would like that it. Would be, that would be your energy because you seem like one of those girls from the Ginger Snaps movie. All grungy and... Grungy and angsty and very, very, uh, very... Um, depressing <laughs> you're a very depressing woman you would be i'm one depressing lady yeah you're like you're like that you you remember um sword in the stone when the uh when the guy transformed back into the wizard he's like i'm a grumpy old man oh yeah yeah you're like a merlin that. yeah but you're there. like you see i'm a old grouchy old man yeah but you are a ginger snap so it's well i'll have to watch it but that would be my selection for now, The actually, Company of Wolves. And actually, Ginger Snaps is actually on Shudder. I know. So. It's also on Tubi. It's on, it's on my list. It's on everything. <laughs> but that is my take on werewolf movies for now until we do the werewolf debate episode. Yeah, I'm still, think, I'm still thinking about, <laughs> you know, either or. I'm, st- I'm going to think about it. Well, I would say why not American Werewolf in London? Because I mean, you you met David Naughton. Yes, I did, and he was such a great <laughs> guy to meet too. I was so happy. But I don't know. It's just like I should try something a little different. I mean, The Howling was a very good movie. I'll tell you what. That's by Joe Dante, who did Gremlins. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you let me look up it. look up their ratings? Whoever's got the highest rating, pick that one. <laughs> Actually, we probably know which one has the higher rating. But... American Herald, American Werewolf in London? Yeah, but okay. but it was funny because I know this is off subject, but I wanted to say this to the viewers, mm-hmm. that 1981 was the year of the werewolf movies because there was four werewolf movies that came out at that time. American Werewolf in London, <coughs> The Howling, Full Moon High, and Wolfen. And, okay. and it kind of helped influence werewolf movies for the rest of that decade yeah. and beyond. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Yep, so next episode, I'll probably do a solo one on the Aries season. And then the following one will be our werewolf debate episode. And then, oh. mm-hmm. but with that being said, if you want to follow us on social media, we still have our Instagram and Facebook pages. You can still follow us on Patreon if you'd like. We're on Verbal in the My Brass Radio Network. And yeah. And other than that, thank you for listening to us today on the Abbey Normal mm-hmm. Podcast. It's been our show. I am your host, Colin Bourne. And I'm Aaliyah. Signing off saying, oh.
Don't do that. Don't set Bowie off like that. What's wrong with you?